Connie Carlson has been in real estate for 15 years. During that time, she's been a successful team leader, single agent, and broker owner. She's consistently ranked in the top of her market in all of Cobb County. She also started a boutique brokerage where they went from three agents to 30 agents in only three years. She also, most recently with her husband, Dan, they helped establish the Ansley Atlanta real estate office in Cobb County. Now, Ansley Atlanta is the number one luxury brand in all of Atlanta. They recently were named one of the fastest growing companies by Inc. Magazine. And we actually had Connie on our Curator Excellence main stage and a lot of our clients look up to her and always get her advice. Now, during this interview today, you're gonna learn some of her golden nuggets that has helped her throughout the years becoming so successful. Welcome to The Water Cooler, a show about marketing, sales, and technology. Every episode, we focus on bringing you advice that works. My name is Sarah Mayu. I'm the sales manager over at Curator. Welcome, Connie. Cheers. Hey. Cheers to everyone. All my friends out there, you know who you are. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, so let's get into it. We, let's take it back to the foundational level. Now, Connie, you believe in the 333 approach for new agents. Can you talk us through what this approach is and how you suggest new agents to structure their day? Yeah, so I think that when you're a brand new agent, a lot of times you don't know exactly what you should be doing and you wake up and you don't have any business yet. So you go to the office, you might take a training class, you're, you just kind of fumble around. And so I think that that's a mistake. A lot of agents get into real estate for three reasons, Sarah. Um, freedom, yeah. uh, they want flexibility, and they want the financial rewards that can come with that. And I think that they enjoy the freedom and the flexibility so much that they never see the financial rewards. So what I tell new agents is, hey, when you start, uh, you get your license and you start going, you need to be working nine hour days. Okay. And you need to spend three hours of your day in uh, training and mm -hmm. learning. And whether that's in your office, on YouTube, I mean, I started 15 years ago where the only place we had to get training was in the office. And right. now agents are so lucky. I mean, there's so much out there. Three hours of training and then three hours of taking what you learned and applying that, whether it's setting up your CRM, creating your listing presentation. Mm -hmm. like, don't wait until you have a listing appointment to put your listing presentation together or to have your website set up. Like you need to be proactive. And then three hours a day, right away, even as a brand new agent, lead generating. So whether you're writing personal notes to your database, telling them you just got into real estate, you're going on networking events, you're doing open houses, but it's the 333 and that's nine hours every day. And I promise if you do that before the end of the year, you won't have six hours a day to take training and work on your business. You know, you'll be working with clients. So I think mm -hmm. that's just really good advice for new agents. Yeah, yeah, and the lead generation really stands out to me just being the sales manager. Like I want my team to gener like do some lead generation every single day consistently. So just to kind of recap for everybody, so there's three hours of learning, three hours right. of implementing, and then three hours of lead generation. Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay, cool. Now, that is definitely great advice. Now, what is, you're obviously a much more established agent, and there's a lot of established agents that watch the water cooler. What is your current, like, 333? What is your version of the 333 look like nowadays? 
Well, um, I kind of have this mentality of suit up and show up. So a lot of people always say, how do you do all that stuff? And I'm, I don't know. I look at them and say, well, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I just get shit done. Um, that's kind of our motto here at our house. Um, <laughs> and we, you know, work out in the morning. Uh, my husband yep. and I are lucky. We only have a, a 1.9 mile commute to the office. Oh, that's nice. Uh, we get to spend time with each other in the morning, uh, working mm -hmm. out, we eat a good breakfast. And then uh, we go in the office and I know I'm supposed to lead generate early in the morning, but if, when I have all these other things like pressing on me, I know I can't have good, I'm a high D personality. So if I know there's a lot of other stuff that needs to be done, I probably too short with my clients on the phone. Mm -hmm. So I try to take care of admin stuff. Okay. Make sure my staff's in place. Um, but I was a team leader before I was a team leader, um, where I had a boss per se, who was expecting me to do recruiting appointments. Um, yep. And that was just on me. I was horrible at lead generating every day. I lead generated, but not consistently. And then I learned just by being a team leader that I had to do it every single day. So right. I do, and I do a lot of marketing. So with my husband and I, we've kind of figured out what's works. So I'm in charge of the marketing and he does a lot of like the lead generation on the internet leads. Got and it. I do our sphere, you know, just calling the sphere, meeting them for lunch, just Every day you should ask yourself if you, I like to ask agents like when I would interview them uh, to join our company, look back on what you did yesterday and tell me uh, what you did for lead generation yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, and ask yourself that like right now, today's Wednesday, what did you do yesterday to generate business for your company? And if you didn't do anything, then you might wanna ask yourself, you know, am I a good employee of my <laughs> Love it. So would you say even at this point, lead generation is something that you hold your yourself accountable to do consistently every day? In so yeah, it's a combination. Like for me, I, um, I'm, I say don't be short-sighted in your lead generation. I think that a lot of times agents are looking just for that quick fix, you know, so they're their call-in maybe expires or they're just doing an open house. But I've always said you should be investing a lot of other time in just like that long-term opportunity. So if, if you're marketing to your database or to your, you know, to your sphere or you're doing branding or you're doing things that's going to generate business without you picking up the phone, that's a good thing to do too. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's like a combination mm -hmm. of, making the calls, um, sending, I do a lot more face-to-face um, uh, -face, like videos now. So if I feel like, eh, I don't know if it would feel comfortable calling that person, then that person's probably not gonna feel comfortable with me calling them. Um, and so, especially if it's like a sphere, sometimes I'll just send them a video message that has like on the background, a picture of what's happening in their particular subdivision or in their zip code and just say, Hey, here's an update of what's happening to the equity of your house that you bought with me in 2015. It's gone up 8% since you bought it. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine who does that, he said, if a financial advisor sent you an email, which was just, Here's what's happening in the stock market right now. You might might not read it. 
But if he sent you a video email that said, here's what's happening to your portfolio, you would watch it. Yeah. That was like really good advice. Yeah. Always trying to do things to connect. Always, always like top of mind awareness. It's so annoying if they're like, if they forget about me, I don't want to forget. Yeah, for sure. And that's something we coach our curators, just personalizing the message as as much as possible and adding that value, which that's a great example of that. Now, there's a lot of options in real estate. I actually saw you work really, really hard building your own boutique brokerage over, you know, a few years and you were adding people and building that brand. Now, you and your husband, Dan, and Dan's actually relatively new to real estate, totally switch gears to focus on your husband and wife team. Why did you guys do that? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, one, uh, we weren't looking to close the brokerage, um, yeah. but Ansley Atlanta came to us and said, hey, we're coming out to Cobb County and we think this is a great opportunity for us to partner together. And um, when we looked at the company, we were super impressed. Uh, but I have to say, um, for those of you who are empty nesters, um, when you're young, you want to have a new house, you want to have the big yard, you want to have all that stuff. And then you turn 50 and you go, the hell am I doing? (laughs) So um, I think uh, it's a little bit that way. Sometimes it was for me and my business. Like I built it up, built it up. And then it was going great. And then Dan got his license to help me out. And we just are having so much fun. And when I look at what I am really passionate about, it's just selling real estate. And that's just what I want to do for the rest of my career. Yeah. Just sell a whole bunch of real estate. Yeah, it's perfect. And you self-identified that, like what your priorities are. Now, what has the financial impact, um, how has that changed with partnering with Ansley? Um, Hopefully it's going to be positive. (laughs) I mean, we were doing great and everything. I I mean, I had, um, I was the broker. And I think when I started Live Love Atlanta, I was hoping that I could get out of sales and just be the broker. Sure. But it really wasn't working out that way. And so I was still selling and literally working all the time. Um, yeah. So um, we are hoping to double our, we actually have a goal. Um, last year, even though I was the broker of the office, we still did, I still did 15 million. And so mm-hmm. This 2020, um, our goal is 2020. Dan does 20 and I do 20. So, and we, we keep it on our phone. Like, you can't see it, but I only have one or two goals and I put it on my lock screen. Yep. Um, so I have a ton of messages from all my friends here and they're blocking up my lock screen. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it just says 2020. That's all it says, you know. Mm-hmm. Single focus, that's what we're doing. Yeah, and you remind yourself of that every day, having that lock screen there. Now, you and I share the same philosophy that you really need to invest in your business in order to be successful. You have to spend money to make money. Now, I think um, just partly, part of the reason why the failure rate in real estate is so high at 87% is people just get their license to try it out and they're a little bit like winging it, right? Right. So let's pretend that I'm a real estate agent. I don't have any money to invest. I don't have a business plan. What's your opinion? Should I just give up? No. No, I didn't have a whole lot of money to invest either. Yeah. Um, so I would say don't give up. Um, there are very, very successful agents. In fact, if you're an agent who's successful and you're watching this 
and you didn't start with a whole lot of money, I'd love to hear what people did. Mm-hmm. But it's a, I say this is a contact sport. So you need to contact, you need to be in front of people, you need to have a vibrant, energetic personality. Um, no negative, negative is not gonna get you business. You want, you know, you are gonna attract if you're positive and just get out there and don't be that secret agent. You know, hold open houses four times a week. You know, figure out how to get open houses and don't just put a sign in the yard on Sunday morning, like literally knock doors, um, call people, go to networking events. There is so many different ways to make money in this business. And I think what the mistake a lot of agents do is they take all this training and they see all these different ways. And can I tell them about my hamster ball? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so we used to have a hamster and we cleaned the cage. We put him in this ball and he would run around the kitchen while I cleaned out his cage. And he would always go under the desk and he got under the desk and he would run like hell from one corner to the next, just back and forth, back and forth. And he was expending a lot of energy, but he was never going in a straight line. He wasn't getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a mistake a lot of agents make is that they try to do too many things. And that's what they're doing. They're just running into short little corners. They try it a couple times and they give up. So figure out, um, maybe do a disc profile, talk to your broker, figure out what you enjoy doing. Cause if you don't enjoy it, it it's not, you're not going to want to do it for very long. So figure out what you enjoy doing and then put like hyper-focus. Like mine was my sphere and mm-hmm. I'm not from this area. It was just people I knew from, you know, going to the swimming pool in my neighborhood and playing tennis in my neighborhood. That was, that was it. That was my sphere. But I, um, I worked that sphere like crazy. And that was my first year. I lost $17,000. Um, and I thought I am working so hard to be paying to do this. But then in February of the following year, I made 120,000 that month. And that was oh my just gosh. Like my sphere. And even when I was a team leader for two years, wasn't even in you know sales at all. I came back and I right away picked right back up. People didn't realize I was even gone because I had been communicating with them for so long. Mm-hmm. So I think just figure out what you love and then just press into it really hard because they'll all work if you do it the right way. Mm-hmm. And I think just a takeaway there too is just you have to be really consistent and not give up. You can't just you know throw up a few ads and say, "Hey, that didn't work. I'm going to start marketing my business." Like it's it's a long term plan a lot of times. Yeah, and I don't think if you don't have any money, direct mail marketing is the route to take. You know, because mm-hmm. you can't send out um, two hundred dollars worth of just listed cards. You're never going to get your money back. So you mm-hmm. know, talk to somebody who's tried different things and say, "Hey, what can I do?" It doesn't cost a lot of money that's been successful. Yep. All right, you guys. So we have a great contest today. You have the opportunity to win a coaching call with Connie. So in order to enter to win, all you need to do is go to curator.com slash AI. Again, that's curator.com slash AI and register. Now this will give you access to see previous water cooler agent insight interviews with some of the best agents in the world. And we'll also send you a quick 10 minute demo video so you can get a sense of what Curator does and how we help clients like Connie grow their business. So curator.com slash AI and we will announce the contest at the end. 
Now, Connie, just knowing you for the past few years, I know that you are a planner. You uh, like to use technology to stay organized. So yeah. we definitely know that at Curator, how to work your database to get the most out of it. Even according to Salesforce, if you don't have a CRM and you get a CRM, a lot of people see you know sales increase by 30%. Now, talk to me a little bit about your database. What is your one tip for using your CRM with your past clients? Okay, well, I say if all your database is, is phone numbers and email address, it's just a phone book. Yep. It's nothing more than that. So when you're talking to somebody on the phone, I, you, I have my headset on and I'm <laughs> typing and I'm taking notes. They may not be spelled correctly, but I'm, <laughs> I'm tracking everything that they're saying, like asking them questions. You know, we've all heard Ford, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. So I'll put that in and even if it's a, internet lead, I always like to say, what's causing you to want to move? Oh, where does your husband work? You know, oh, do you have kids and blah, blah, blah. I'm putting all that in there. So then always, this is like my huge pet peeve, unless it's a totally dead lead, always put a follow-up. Figure out, I have a yeah. lot of different systems for follow-ups, um, but always have a task so that you remember to call that person um, back. And then when you call them back, it's not like a really cold call. It's like, Hey, I talked to you last fall and yep. you said your lease was up in March and blah, blah, blah. And so it's, so you've had really good. And then they're, they're trying to remember, I don't remember talking to her, but see, she seems to know a lot about me. So <laughs> she's probably you know, not lying. Yeah. Yeah. That's what uh, Chris calls in the conversion code, dig deep or go to sleep. So to yeah. really, yeah, dig deep and see what their goals are and how yeah. you can help them. The first call with an internet lead is not necessarily to make an appointment. It's to right. see how long you can keep them on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then if you can get the follow-up calls scheduled and just their permission to touch base, you know, in a few months or whatever the time frame is, uh, that's definitely a win in my book. So, yeah, I think just what you said, the permission is super important. Instead of just thinking to yourself, well, I'll just call call them in two months. Right. But always say, are you okay if I call you back in two months? Mm -hmm. Can I call you back the last week of August? So then they say, yeah, that would be fine. Or they'll say, oh, why don't you call me in May? Right. Mm -hmm. Then when you call them in May, you say, hey, you told me to call you in May and I'm calling you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about coaching. So Curator has an amazing conference every year called Curator Excellence. And you submitted a topic to Chris Smith that I love, and it's how to run a kick-ass sales meeting. Now, our entire audience is probably salespeople and sales managers. Now, what makes your meeting so great compared to your typical run-of-the-mill type of sales meetings? So when we had our sales meetings, um, well, first of all, we brought a lot of energy to them. Yep. We always started off with, tell me something good. Um, but I made my sales meetings very educational. So uh, we always try to have an educational component. One of the things was I, I kept telling the agents, you're gonna be the smartest agents out there because we're always gonna be talking about the contract and learning. And mm -hmm. so if something came to me throughout the week, a broker issue, instead of just you know the agent coming in my office, we close the door, we solve the problem. Um, we like to take that and make it, we call it hindsight's 2020. So I would have the agent stand up, talk about what happened, and then we would actually discuss how would we resolve that. So mm -hmm. the agents were learning that. 
Um, we also did a lot of like uh, workshop group things instead of me just standing up talking the whole time. Um, I love to have games. We had, uh, when I had my foot surgery and I was wearing the boot, we got like this boot pinata and we filled How it with fun. liquor bottles. Ah. <laughs> and uh, we had a con each table was a group, you know, so just things to get the agents, not just sitting in their chair, staring at you. Um, mm -hmm. I, as a speaker, when everybody's just standing there like, uh, mm -hmm. I get kind of nervous. So I like to get, engage them a lot more so they learn better. And we get more ideas that way. I definitely don't have all the answers. Yeah, yeah. People participating, I think they enjoy it more too. Exactly what you said. Now, real estate is a very competitive industry, and I've seen firsthand a lot of agents, you know, in the same market, they don't get along. Now, one of your priorities has always been to create really a strong bond between you and other real estate agents. Now, working with buyers and working with sellers is already a full-time job. Why did you make this a priority of yours? So when I was 18, I wanted to leave the cold Midwest and go to Dallas, Texas. Oh, nice. Yeah. My dad, um, in addition to being a farmer, he sold farms uh, as a hobby. And he had met a couple by the name of Judge and Dean Fight in Dallas, Texas. They owned Fight Realty, which was a pretty successful uh, real estate firm back in the 80s. That's oh, uh, a while yeah. back. But I stayed with them. And I think it was like living with... Uh, uh, Zig Ziglar, I'm pretty sure Judge Fight was friends with Zig Ziglar and Mo Anderson, who any of you guys at Keller Williams would know who Mo Anderson is. And as an 18 year old, it was, uh, they were, they became my heroes. They were the ones who kind of talked me into going to college. So fast forward um, 30 years and I get my real estate license. I called Dean Fight. she's a hundred years old. And I said, <laughs> and I respect her so much. And I said, what's one piece of advice you can give me to be successful as a real estate agent. And um, she told me one that I don't think very many people have ever guessed when I tell them this story. And that was to network with other agents. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, if that's what Dean Fight says to do, that's what I'm gonna do. So I've always been very intentional about meeting agents, whether it's in my region or nationally, uh, masterminding with them. I have. I have to say that it's probably the best advice is just to um, to have friends in this industry and share ideas. It, like our curator mastermind has been fantastic. Um, and also just um, when you're working a deal, um, I say be the marshmallow. Um, I've always said like be the marshmallow. And, and that's my way of saying be professional, no matter how much they're dishing out on the other side. You need to take that, absorb that, make it soft and sweet, and just always represent your profession at the highest level. Even when the person on the other side, the other agent isn't, you always have to rise above. And if you can maintain that in your, in your area, then people are gonna wanna sell your houses. They're gonna wanna work with you and your deals are gonna come together better. So just always working, just be nice. I have a coffee mug that says, just be nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you are also committed to being the expert. And when you take on a client, if they're like a little outside of your area, you would actually rather refer them out than, you know, drive a little bit farther yeah. and to work with them. Now, how can you be confident that that person's going to do as good of a job as you would do if you just took it on yourself and then drove the 45 minutes or whatever it was. Well, I say if I have to look it up on the map, 
then I know it's outside my territory. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I have uh, networking with the agents in your local, like Atlanta's huge. Uh, Stone Mountain is far away. So over the years, I just have a really strong network of agents that I feel comfortable referring to. They refer to me. I feel comfortable. They've switched brokerages. I've switched brokers. It doesn't really matter. I don't care about that. I just know they're going to do a good job. But if I'm referring to another area where I don't know anybody, I'll do, I'll tell my client, like, I'm going to do the research. I'm going to interview the agent and I kind of, I'll look, I'll see what their website looks like. I'll look at their reviews. I'll do the homework for my client and then I'll interview the agent. I look at how quickly they call me back. Uh, I yep. look at their online presence. If I go, if they're with a franchise and you go to their profile and they don't even have it filled out, I'm, I'm probably not going to work with them. Not to say they're a bad agent, but they don't work the way I work. Mm -hmm. So if you are unfamiliar with the agent, then you get more involved, basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Now, one of the best things about working with Curator is the support our clients get from the Curator team, but also the Curator community. And you recently made a big decision to put your listing presentation on your website. I know you personally chatted with Chris Smith to get his advice. And even though you have those great relationships with real estate agents, you were concerned showing them your secret sauce. Now, at the end of the day, you decided to put the listing promotion or listing presentation rather online. And it was a big undertaking. I know it was a huge project for you. What was the benefit of doing that versus having your listing presentation the way you've always done it? So I am definitely somebody who needs the presentation to keep me on track when I go um, with, a, you know, with a client. So that's kind of my style. And I was always a PowerPoint presentation. And I just started to think that PowerPoint presentations are very 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> So I, and I was always switching from my PowerPoint to online to show them what an actual Facebook lo post looks like, or, mm -hmm. you know, all these different online things. So I got to thinking, well, Curator allows me to customize my site. Why don't I just uh, put my whole listing presentation on there? And so even like my net to seller spreadsheet, once we come up with the price, it's a button on my website that takes them to a Google Docs spreadsheet where we can fill it in, you mm -hmm. know, or if I have, uh, I send the whole presentation to them via a link. And so if they want to look at it, there's testimonials from my clients about what the staging was like. There's examples of before and after with regular photographers and my photographers. So they're able to do all that research ahead of time. And what uh, it's actually speeded up my listing presentation quite a bit. Oh, has it? Yes. And you know, getting good listings. So it's working. <laughs> good, good. Now, if you guys want to see Connie's amazing listing presentation, all you have to do is follow her on Instagram. She's at Connie Carlson. We will drop the link. And once you start following her, just send her a direct message. Say you saw her on the water cooler and she'll respond and she'll send you that link of the listing presentation. I've seen it. I poked around. It's amazing. So definitely be sure to follow Connie. So Let's switch gears a little bit. Now, every agent watching the water cooler right now, they, uh, they want more online reviews, of course. Now, studies show that 90% of people make a hiring decision based on influencing, um, 
excuse me, studies show that 90% of people have said that a positive review has influenced a hiring decision for them. Now you have 275 Zillow reviews, you have over 100 reviews on Google's, so clearly you figured out how to get the reviews, but I think it's more important to look at how you actually earned those reviews. Now, Disney World, when they offer an extraordinary experience, they call it, you know, sprinkling pixie dust. I'd love to hear what is your example of pixie dust in the real estate world? Um, well, first of all, I think a big one is just communication. Yep. Uh, I think that we are, we are, um, I heard, I saw something today, it said heart, uh, we're a company with heart and hard working, hard working and hard. So mm -hmm. our clients know that we're working really hard for them, but we communicate with them. We always have their best interests. Uh, here's an example. I had a client um, that we put their house in the market, it sold really fast. And what they were looking for was in a very high demand area. So literally they would call me at three o'clock and say, house came on the market. We meet there at five and there'd be a line of seven cars. Oh, wow and they had specific needs we get in this house they were it, they got into like panic zone and they're like okay let's make an offer on this one now most agents not most a lot of agents would have said <laughs> okay let's write an offer and i have a fiduciary duty to do what's best for them and i actually said i don't i don't know if you want to do that like mm -hmm. this house doesn't seem to check off the things that you told me were super important and I know you're freaking out, but you're about to make a decision that you're gonna have to live with for five to 10 years yep. that you're not gonna be happy with. And so we'll find you a place to live, but let's find you that right house. And we ended up finding them the house that they absolutely love. It had a four car garage, it had everything they wanted. And so I think just having your client's best interest uh, before your own is super important. And I mean, we go, we always say we go the extra mile, like our marketing on our, I, all guns blazing, always, all guns blazing, like <laughs> everything we can possibly do. Um, if their house isn't selling, it's probably priced. I, I just like, they'll say, what, what, what haven't you done? What can you do? I'm like, I did everything. All I, the only thing I have a sign, I could hire a guy and flip a sign out in the yard. I don't know what else to do. But um, yeah, all guns blazing. Yep, so offering that client experience and keeping their best interests at heart. Now your sister, Tracy Jennings, she's also a very successful real estate agent. She's also a curator client. You guys are awesome. I've hung out with you at a couple curator excellences. And I have two sisters myself, my older sister, Amy in particular, we kind of have a fun kind of um, competitive relationship throughout the years. Now you mentioned that your sister is even more successful than you are. What do you think Tracy does better at than you? <laughs> She's definitely more focused than I am. Is she? Um, she's just, I think she's just done a really good job in their community of marketing themselves and being in front of people. Like she delivers hundreds of pumpkins every year on people's front porches. Oh, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Hand delivers them? She also them? has her face on the bus and on a Okay. She's a great marketer, but she just, their, their client service is the same thing. You know, she's just there. She works her little tail off and now her daughters are with her. Her husband owns the brokerage with her. So it's a family affair and they're all doing amazing. Good, good. Yeah. Real estate's in your blood. Yeah. 
<laughs> Farmers or realtors, that's what we are. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, um, I checked out your website and you had a throwback of Coffee with Connie. And this is before, you know, video blogs were really popular. You started Coffee with Connie six years ago in 2013. So definitely kudos to your commitment and that consistency. And you can tell you really enjoy doing it, which is great. What made you come up with the idea when doing videos wasn't so popular back then? Yeah, so I had a site that was getting 300 leads uh, a month organically before there was a Boomtown or any of these other like major lead generation platforms. Mm -hmm. And I had leads that would come in without a phone number. So I got to thinking, well, how do I create a personal connection with somebody when all they're getting are these emails? And plus I hated those canned drip things. You know how you'd buy a platform and they'd be like, here's 42 canned emails, they're pre-written, yeah. they're gonna go out for the next 20 years to these people mm -hmm. who, not personalized. who register on your site. Yeah. Well, I was like, if I'm not even gonna read the email, I'm not sending it out to my potential clients or my sphere. So I started to think, well, I could do video and it was not easy. Like, it wasn't like you could just pick up your phone and record a video. I can't even remember. I. It was, <laughs> It was pretty, it was pretty complex, but I figured it out and I just started making these videos. We took down a whole bunch of the old ones. They were so bad, but we, we, every now and then we'll throw in one of those, uh, throwbacks. throwbacks. Yeah. We'll drop it in the link. That's awesome. I saw one of your more recent ones and you were educating the consumer on hiring you as a real estate agent versus an iBuyer program. What yeah. is your like 30 to 60 second pitch on why somebody should hire you and Dan versus going the iBuyer route? So I feel like the iBuyer, there's a place for that. If you are looking for, uh, you just need to get out. You don't care if you leave tens of thousands of dollars on the table. Mm -hmm. And one of my best friends did sell with an iBuyer and uh, they didn't want to make any repairs. Okay. Uh, but they did tell me they lost about $27,000 in the wow. And I don't think in this market with things, I, I, I don't have any listings right now. Every time I get a listing, they sell in two days. So it's, um, the, the houses are selling so fast. I don't know why you would want to leave that much money on the table. We make it as stress-free as we can. We price it correctly. You're only going to be showing your house for a couple days and then you're going to have an extra $25,000 in your pocket. Yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. I always tell people you should all look at all, like, read all the fine print you know, but real estate, you're not, if you go that route, you don't have a person on the other side. They're not even assign you with an agent. So when the deal starts to go fall apart, you have no one to call. Yeah. You know? Talk and about I, the stress. Right? Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a, it can be a lot more complicated than just buying um, a pair of socks on Amazon. Yeah. No, that's really helpful. I'm sure a lot of agents here have to overcome that objection too. So what you did there was with storytelling, which is really great. People remember stories so much versus like a stat. So yeah, I would just tell that story. That's great. Now you have one of the coolest party tricks I've seen. Uh, can you show the audience, hopefully uh, your phone works, but what happens when you ask Siri who the top agent in your market is? Okay, <laughs> doing this live, all right. All right. Hey, Siri, who's the best real estate agent in Marietta, Georgia? The highest rated one I found is the live love team of NC Atlanta Listing on Church Street Northeast, which averages five stars. Is that the one you want? Of course it is. Um, no, actually, it was so funny. I didn't know it was doing that. Somebody called me and they said, 
I've always asked, the first question I say is, how did you find me? And uh, the one guy said, well, Siri told me to call you. (laughs) That is so cool. So what is the, so you basically didn't know, is there any trick to making that happen? No, honestly, I have no idea. I think it's just online reviews, YouTube videos for six years. We put out so much content. um, And for me, it's, it's so easy to come up with something to talk about. In fact, it's harder for me to hold back. Like I'm like, I gotta stop creating content and start falling asleep <laughs> um, because I could just create content all day long. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. Now we will be announcing the winner to the contest in a moment, but I have one more question for you. Now you've been a curator client for a long time and Chris Smith shared with me that you pulled him aside at I think an excellence and you showed him, hey, this is like the big ROI I'm getting through the curator system. And I know it's because you track everything so meticulously. Now, can you dig a little bit deeper there just for people that are watching in the audience that are interested in hiring curator? What's your advice to them? like how it gets the ROI. I think the the biggest thing, and this is like so hard to quantify, uh, but I was at the gym just this week and there's this guy, he didn't uh, know we were real estate agents and then he figured it out. And the next day he came back and he goes, your website is awesome. And I think that our presence online has, I call it our ego site. Like I tell people like it's all about <laughs> us and how great we are and how awesome our properties are. But it's, um, it's something that impresses people. And I know that whether it's uh, past clients, if they're going to refer somebody, they send them to my website, they see, you know, all the things we do. So that's been a huge, you know, we have, we have online leads and those are about 25% of our business, but uh, 71% of our business is coming from our sphere. And that is because we're sending these emails, we're staying in front of them, we're doing curator marketer. Mm-hmm. Um, we always add, a, we try to add a video to almost every curator marketer that we do. Oh, um, nice, yep. Yeah, so, and then if I'm gonna make a video, it's gonna go on my Facebook, it's gonna go on Instagram, it's gonna go as an email, it's gonna go on YouTube. So we're maximizing how people see us all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's that consistent marketing to each bucket that you wanna stay in front of. Nice. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the only platform that I have found that allows me to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, if you guys are interested in having Chris and Jimmy do your marketing for you, all you need to do is go to curator.com slash AI. We'll drop the link. And once you register, we'll go ahead and send a quick 10-minute video to show you how we can help you grow your business just like Connie. Now, let's see who won the contest. (laughs) Yeah, the coaching call with Connie. All right. Caroline Orzini, you won. So if you want to go ahead, um, we'll actually message you on Facebook and coordinate the call with you guys. Now you can access this interview and past interviews on curator.com slash AI. And if you're interested, you can catch our audio on Spotify as well as iTunes. But thank you so much, Connie, for joining us. This was so much fun. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers, everybody. (laughs) 